Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Welcome and great to have you with us on this Tuesday. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. Great new inventory. Great deals to be had. Maybe uh, pre-owned inventory either is through preference or maybe you're looking at your budget. Well, their pre-owned inventory is outstanding as well. And they go over it with a fine-tooth comb. It's all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Great to have you with us on this Tuesday. All right, so let's uh, sit down now and talk with the Penn State, uh, the Vice President for Intercollegiate Athletics at Penn State, Sandy Barber. Sandy, it's great to be with us. In the end, you know, was there a turning point? What really swung it for you in terms of the the ability to then tell the Big Ten presidents that you had what you needed and the information they needed to make this decision to move forward? Yeah, I mean, I think it's been pretty well documented that uh, that we really, uh, if you talk about, the, if you look at the main the main points, the main protocols, the main areas that uh, that we looked at, it was around data, it was around testing, it was around uh, contact tracing. Uh, which really re- correlated uh, almost perfectly with uh, with testing, um, and then finally the uh, the cardiac protocols. Um, and I do think, Steve, that um, that the turning point, and it's really the the, the one thing um, that is uh, massively different than where we were on August 11th, and that's the testing. Uh, and that's the point of care uh, rapid antigen testing. Um, uh, it's uh, it's availability to us. What the ability then to, to test daily and what that means for contact tracing, what it means for uh, infection um, uh, level, uh, what what you actually find in the test, uh, and frankly, what uh, the test that we're uh, we're projecting to use actually discovers them because you're doing it daily uh it identifies i shouldn't say discovers it identifies individuals who are who have the uh the infection but are not yet infectious um and that's a game changer uh and uh and at the point where we we knew we had more than one option uh for the antigen testing to me um that was what you're talking about in terms of we, we knew we could, could take it to the chancellors and presidents, um, but I also felt really good about them. When we had that, I felt really good about them saying yes. There is no doubt that if there are two people on the face of the earth that know uh, the passion of Penn State fans, it would be you and, and probably somebody like me. Uh, <laughs> and when they're in that stadium, they make it rock, roll, make a difference in the whole deal. How much of a difference can they make right now by staying away and, and, and giving everybody an opportunity? Because uh, the Kansas City Chiefs and the Houston Texans just went through their game last Thursday. Both teams came out with a negative test. But they did have fans in the stands, 
and it turned out that somebody was positive, and now 14 people have to quarantine. I'll let you take it from there. Yeah, I appreciate you you, you saying that, Steve, because um, although this is a great celebration of a return to uh, Big Ten football, and and you know, on top of our, our mostly in our hearts, uh, obviously Penn State football, it's uh, it's really important uh, that that our fans know and and, and understand that. Uh, that this was done with the safety of our of our communities in mind as well as well and and right now in our states in our 11 states in the Big Ten footprint it's just not a good idea uh, to bring uh, large large crowds uh, together and uh, and so we're asking um, our, our our fans uh, to continue to be passionate to connect with uh, with our student athletes on social media and and more traditional ways and, and certainly be supportive. And our marketing department is hard at work at ways that fans can have a presence uh, in the stadium virtually. Uh, so uh, stay tuned uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, but in terms of coming to State College or, or trying to tailgate on campus or, or packing bars in State College, uh, you know, I, I certainly want our bars and restaurants to have business. Um, but but we all of it we need to do responsibly and uh, you know this is we wanted to return to sport and return to football because uh, th- that's that that's something that's part of who we who we all are uh, but we have to do it responsibly and so I certainly ask all of our fans uh, to uh, to let let's let's commit to making this work um, and they're going to be sacrifices for our, our student athletes in doing that and being able to play every, every, uh, every week, uh, every Saturday. Um, and they're going to be, they're going to be sacrifices for our fans. Um, they're going to be sacrifices for me. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm probably, uh, because of the protocols and everything else, uh, not going to be able to, uh, make every, every game and not, and not do it in the same way that I typically do. But what's important to me is the ability of our student athletes to play. And I'm going to do whatever they ask me to do, uh, to make sure that, uh, that, that they can stay safe. The first time through, and I'm talking about the summer, uh, and there weren't obviously the student population wasn't here in mass that we have now, but they did prove their commitment to this as student athletes. They're really dedicating themselves to making sure they could do whatever they could to make sure that when a test came out, it would be negative. How important now is the responsibility of everybody, coaches, staff members, and student-athletes, to make sure they do everything they can so this can work? Well, it's huge, Steve. And, and, but the fact of the matter is that that, that has been a responsibility of our student-athletes from day one. Uh, you know, we started out in June. We, we, uh, we had great success. For about 10 weeks uh, and uh, with our uh, six or seven programs that were that were with us this summer that were on campus I mean we had really really good success from a test uh, a very low test positivity rate uh, and then uh, as uh, as all of our teams came back as the campus uh, all of our students came back uh, we we, uh, we encountered some challenges just like the campus did, uh, we had a couple of uh, we've had a couple of weeks of testing that have been pretty high, uh, and uh, you know not out of control, or anything, but but they've been high, certainly higher than we want them to be. Uh, but we also know since our testing results lag uh, a week, we know that uh, that we've kind of gotten that under control, and uh, we've got some test results coming next week that uh, that are that are much better. Uh, but whether we're playing or not playing, um, 
that that has always been a responsibility of our student athletes, our coaches, our staff, all of us to kind of set the bar and set the pace for uh, for the entirety of campus and the entirety of our community. Um, but certainly now, um, as we we take that step to go and compete, which obviously is going to is going to uh, entail some travel, it's going to entail uh, a little bit more activity. Again, I really ask our our, our fans to. Uh, to be make really good decisions and and uh, and be smart uh, about uh, about their activity. Uh, do we want you to watch games? Of course we do. Uh, but let's you know let's do it at home uh, with your family pod. Uh, and, uh, and and we know, and we know our our Penn State family pods are are pretty passionate. So uh, but but our you know our students now I think uh, particularly our football student athletes have a little more motivation uh, than they did four or five days ago, uh, but uh, the responsibility has always been there um, because we can talk about testing, we can talk about all these other mitigation factors, but, but the fact remains that the single most important thing we need to try to do is reduce the infection rate, period. Let's not get it. Exactly. Uh, and, then, and then we don't have to worry about, about the test positivity right. rate. Exactly. Uh, the NHL right now is uh, close to the Stanley Cup final, but that also means that it will be too close to the next season. The NBA won't finish up until, because of their circumstances, until October. They probably can't play until maybe Christmas or maybe after Christmas. By having the Big Ten have the ability to attempt to do this now, what does that do to potential normalcy of schedule for everybody across the board for 2021? Well, Steve, it gives us a better chance. Uh, It's, you know, one of the really tricky and challenging parts of trying to play uh, either either late uh, late and into uh, early 2021 uh, was its proximity to September of of 2021. And uh, just like lots of things in all of our lives, we want it to return to to normalcy as quick as it can. And and we, we want to give 2021 the opportunity to be as normal as possible. And uh, so kind of getting back onto a normal fall season uh, that, uh, that doesn't look at this point, that it will extend uh, further uh, than a normal season one would by maybe more than, than a week or so, that can be adjusted through, uh, through spring, spring ball easily uh, and, uh, and leave 2021 to, uh, to look as normal as the virus will allow us to. All right, and of course, others. I know you were asked about this earlier today, but other people have asked about fall sports. The NCAA wants to conduct those championships in the spring, so does that keep those sports on a spring path? Yeah. So the NCAA actually finalized the, the structure for those championships for our fall sports um, to be conducted in the spring. They finalized that yesterday, so that's uh, that's where it will be. Um, I, I think the Big Ten is looking at. Uh, having all of that competition uh, for women's volleyball, field hockey, uh, our, uh, our two soccers, um, and, and cross country because of its intersection with indoor and outdoor track is a, l- is a little bit different. Obviously, I got another layer of complexity to it. Um, I think the Big Ten uh, is looking uh, to have all of their competition in the fall, uh, I'm sorry, in the spring. Uh, but we do have to, uh, the ACC, the Big 12, and the SEC, uh, those uh, those sports are are having some competition now, so we have to take a look at that just to make sure that uh, we understand uh, how it all how it all intersects, and and we certainly want our programs 
you know, all of those programs for us are, are, are national, uh, nationally ranked, uh, um, you know, competing for national championships. We want to make sure that we put them in the very best uh, position to continue to do that, even in this very strange year uh, where their championship will be held in the spring. Uh, basketball was also announced yesterday as well. Not all the tales, but uh, but enough details. And instead of November 10th, um, men's and women's basketball can start November 25th. That means they can go the eight hours starting on Monday, and then the 14th they can go to f- the full practice. You can end up with 27 regular season games, then plus whatever tournament goes. How did you feel about the uh, NCAA decision on that, especially with some of the flexibility they built in? No, I thought it was a really smart one, Steve. I know there had been some conversation about the 21st and, and of November, and if that's what it was, we, we would have lived with it. But, uh, you know, we've got we've to figure out, uh, you know, indoor sports, um, uh, you know, have, a, have another uh, uh, layer of complexity uh, to that as well. And, uh, and, and right now with the governor's, uh, the governor's guidance, the governor's orders, uh, you know, we've got some challenges there. Um, but uh, I, it, you know, we're gonna our, our students are gonna leave campus uh, on the 20th. Our over our student body is gonna leave campus on uh, November 20th. So the the 25th uh, allows us to return to what I what I talk, what I've talked to Pat and and, uh, and Carolyn about. You know, kind of our bubble like L I K E bubble like uh, <laughs> environment. And, uh, and and I think it gives us that along with the testing. Um, gives us a really good shot of uh, of, of making this work. Uh, you appreciate every fan. You re- or you appreciate every donor. How important have they been, and how important will they be moving forward to make sure Penn State stays on the footing it needs, so it can do what it can for its student athletes. Yeah, I mean, you know, we've got 850 student athletes, and and they know that that. Uh, uh, they represent the greatest university in the world uh, with the with 700,000 living alumni. No one else has that. Um, but it's also not just the number and, and the size of the number. It's the passion um, of each one of those 700,000 individuals. And uh, they feel it every day. They feel the support in so many ways, whether it's financial support and, uh, or whether it's 107,000 folks in in Beaver Stadium or a packed Pagula or a Rec Hall or Jeffrey Field or, or whatever it happens to be. And, and uh, you know, we know we've uh, that we together uh, it's, uh, are, are in financially challenging times. Uh, we know that there are individuals and families that, uh, that are challenged. I mean, our country is challenged right now economically. And uh, uh, so we're, those that are able uh, you know, we're certainly going to, to need the support. I mean, the one thing that, that we don't want to have happen is have the coronavirus linger for years and years and years um, because, of, uh, because of the way we've had to uh, address the 2021 financial challenges. And, uh, and so we're, we're going we're gonna to need our alums and our donors and our fans uh, to all help us out in, in any way that they're able. Um, and I hope that they'll also ask us. Uh, you know, when, when they're in need, how can we help them? Whether it's uh, the opportunity to, to, uh, to see a smile from our, our student-athletes that hopefully cheers everybody up or, uh, or a note or, or the opportunity to, to see our student-athletes put the blue and white on and, and play because I know that brings a big smile to my face no matter what else is going on. Uh, finally, I think most people would describe this as a roller coaster. You've been working the entire time trying to somehow get to a, to a resolution and the next step. 
So what has the roller coaster been like for you? <laughs> you know, you know, Steve, it has been that. It's been it's been a roller coaster, and I've you know I, I've had conversations with our student athletes as a as a student athlete body and and with our staff and our coaches. And you know, early on, I I, I really found myself uh, uh, falling prey uh, to the ups and downs of, of the roller coaster, and I kind of got a little whipsaw <laughs> uh, <laughs> with it. But you know, at some point, I I, I felt like I needed to make peace with what the worst thing might be and um and and at that point obviously it was not not playing um and boy that uh i would say that took me several weeks um to to come to to peace with and and um i said all right well that you know that'll really sink um but if if that's the worst thing uh, but everybody's healthy and and uh and and we can kind of see our way through it to the next year, then we just got to go to work and uh, and make sure that we do everything we can to uh, to prevent that. You know, are there things we can do met from a medical and a protocol standpoint that mean it's safe for us to, to do this? And that really came true in uh, in this uh, in this march back to back to competition. Uh, you know, August 11th was a really difficult uh, day. Um, and I'm not going to tell you it happened on August 11th, but maybe 5 a.m. August 12th, I got up and I'm like, okay, we're going to beat this thing, and uh, we're going to figure out a way. And that's when I raised my hand and and volunteered um, to uh, to be on. I didn't really volunteer to co-chair it, but uh, <laughs> um, I volunteered to participate, and I ended up being the co-chair of the uh, return to competition task force for the. Uh, for the Big Ten, and man, we just we just went to work, and it was uh, Jim Borchers, who you've already mentioned from Ohio State, is uh, is a total pro, and uh, uh, the uh, folks from infection, the our infectious disease task force, and our mental health task force, and uh, trainers, and and team physicians, and and obviously I'm here uh, at Penn State interacting with Wayne Sebastianelli, and uh, and uh, our all of our trainers. Uh, and uh, it, it's just been um, it's been fantastic. And because of all that collaborative work, Jack Ham and I get to say touchdown Penn State. All right, there you go. <laughs> Looking forward to uttering those words, Sandy. Thanks so much. Appreciate that, and appreciate you very much. All right, Steve. Great to great to connect. Let's let's keep doing it. Hopefully, we'll keep delivering good news. Penn State Vice President for Intercollegiate Athletics, Sandy Barber. Back with more in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. So the first Notre Dame postponement has happened. Notre Dame and Wake Forest has been postponed. Uh, there are flexibility built into the schedule there. Uh, but uh, just so you know that they have been postponed. All right, so let's get to Mike Gross. Lancaster, Mike, welcome. Great day to hear you on the other end and hope uh, in the next month or so I'll be able to see you. How are you? Yeah, I hope that works out that way. I'm great. How are you doing, Steve? Doing well, thanks. Uh, okay, so we watched this uh, play out. 
uh, over the past, I don't know, six weeks, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Uh, whatever that happens to be. So in the end, what was it like, the roller coaster of this, in your opinion, watching it play out? Uh, it was it was uh, strange because um, I, you could see that you could see that things were changing as far as the ability to test quickly, and I think that was ended up being the critical element for the Big Ten. And I, I, I sort of was hearing stuff about that. I actually wrote a column about the Pac-12 had entered into an arrangement with this biotech company that could do uh, testing, had the uh, results in 15 minutes. It, it seemed like the, it seemed like at that point, like the Big Ten was kind of behind the curve a little bit. But then it turned out now they look like they're kind of ahead <laughs> ahead of the Pac-12, yeah. which is obviously because of the state government restrictions that that are at some of the states in the Pac-12 schools. So, so. Um, you know, we're still wondering what it's going to look like for us. Are we going to be able to cover Penn State football? Are we going to be able to go to these games? I think we we should be able to if there's if there's uh, if, you know if they're not having crowds. Uh, so it, it's the, the question sort of never end. I think. No, no. The, uh, in fact, that's that's part of it because you know I was already exchanging emails with the network about what we're going to do. And so, yeah, you know, yeah, what, we're what are you going to do? Do you know? <laughs> well, I know. Well, I've, home games are obvious, uh, so yeah. that's fine. Um, it's a question of um, what the arrangements are in other broadcast booths. I think we're waiting yeah. for that. Right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I would think. I would think we'll be able to home games. Are they wide enough? Are they wide enough? Are they wide enough? For example, Beaver Stadium's booth or in our booth. I don't know if you've ever been there or not, Mike, but it's wide enough. We already know that. Most of the other places I can think of, we'd be okay. When I think about, I think about Nebraska. I think about Michigan. They're both brand new press boxes. Yeah, uh, Indiana's no problem. We're on the, on that end in that glass area, and that's that's out. And I mean, we can't infect anybody from there. Uh, so, <laughs> and then, then there's Rutgers at the end. So yeah, I think we should be all right. Uh, what's it been like trying to cover? Uh, I said last week to Adam Rittenberg, I said, you know what's difficult about this story is that everybody who's involved in sports has connections with players, they have connections with coaches, yeah. they have connections with athletic directors, but they don't have connections with the university presidents. And I think that made that story difficult to cover. Yeah, it was difficult to cover. And university presidents are not used to dealing with the media in the way that sports people deal with the media. I mean, that's sort of an understatement. Yeah. So, so uh, you know, that was part of it. And then I, I thought an interesting piece of it in the Big Ten's case was that Excuse me. Some of the some of the presidents are scientists, are immunologists, and and uh, so yes. so that was uh, uh, an interesting piece of it. Um, so many people have complained about you know lack, lack of communication, lack of uh, enough information, and I, I think to some extent that's to some extent that's fair. Uh, but uh, you know if 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 the decision is a decision you like, you're not going to complain about. The process of getting there. The reason why people are unhappy about the process is because of the results of the process. But now it's over. With. Right. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so now getting back to work. Uh, when you look at this football team, Mike, and I know I asked you this the last time, but let's just remind everybody 
How good do you think they can be? And then when you look at the schedule, is there anything about the schedule? We all know what the second game is, but did, you know, was there anything in particular about the schedule? Well, I, something about the schedule that I, I watched the big Fox uh, reveal show Saturday, which I'm sort of embarrassed to admit. Uh, and then I watched some of the ESPN analysis, too. And, and, and <laughs> all of that was as if this game at Indiana did not exist or was barely a speed bump in the road to, you know, let's get to the real game week two. Uh, I think Indiana's a pretty tough game. I thought Indiana was good last year. And they should be better this year. Um, I, I, th- I think other than that, the, you know, the schedule is what it is. I think Penn State made out fine. I, I think uh, some schools, uh, it's interesting the way they did it because they really basically emitted one game from everybody's original conference schedule. And uh, I think when you look at the omissions, they kind of tweaked it a little bit in a way. A lot of people thought that Wisconsin, for example, uh, has, a pretty, has a pretty favorable, workable schedule. And the game they omitted from them was Maryland. So their, their crossover with the East is, is Michigan and Indiana. I think they did a pretty good job of sort of tweaking it to the extent that they could by, omitting, by choosing what game to admit. I don't know if they did that on purpose. I don't even know how the, what the process was by which they did that. But, but uh, yeah, I think the schedule was fine. I think it is what it is. Well, I think, well, in fact, the bottom line is it was a choice of, of one of two teams every single time on each schedule. Right. Yep. And, the, the, yep. and it was all. It was the East that had to lose, you know, because the East plays the five games. Each one had to lose a home game, so it was one of the two home games for the East that had to go. So they just picked right. one. Yeah, yeah. Above so, anyway. Well, however, they, I, I think it worked out pretty good, and the, and the schedule is. You know, some people think uh, they stuck it to Michigan a little bit, <laughs> and Michigan uh, goes to Minnesota week one, and uh, Michigan State, Indiana, Wisconsin. After that, uh, I don't know, but uh, no, no, the, uh, Mike, there, Mike, there. Some people think they stuck it to Nebraska. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I and mean, you look at it, you see why. First well, four weeks: Ohio State, Wisconsin, Penn State, in the, within the first four weeks. Yeah. So what do you think that for for a coach? Uh, you know, th- there's a number of elements here. You have to have a training camp while classes are in session. Yep. You're eventually going to have to have a game the week of finals. Okay, that never yeah. happens. I didn't think uh, of that. You know, uh, oh, when you do basketball, Mike, you think of all these things. All right. So, <laughs> okay. So it's like this is not unusual territory here for me. Uh, yeah. But, right. Well, so, um, you know, I. I the thing about it is everybody's in the same boat uh, yeah. and, and, and in the Big Ten. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think they have enough time to get ready. Uh, I think it's. Uh, I think a lot of the old rules about how much time things take to process are kind of changed in this environment, maybe changed for one year. Uh, I think they have enough I think they have enough time to, to, to get ready to play. Um, as far as oh, I, I can't even imagine the, the, the headaches that these guys uh, are, are undergoing, and, and you know, having to deal with the parents and everything, which is a very real. I mean, I'm not I'm not down on the parents; it's a very legitimate part of it. But uh, all of that, all of that put together, it, it, on the, in addition to all the regular football stuff, and uh, there will not be enough. I remember. I remember a couple of years ago when they when they changed the rules in the NFL to 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 um, 
make it much less tackling and much less contact in practice. And Jim uh, John Harbaugh said, the coach of the Ravens said, that's going to that's going to increase the number of injuries, not decrease. That's going to increase the number of injuries. I wonder what kind of quality of blocking and tackling we'll see, and also I wonder, uh, you know player health. I wonder if that'll impact injuries because uh, it's an interesting theory that tackling more I don't know, toughens you up or something like that. I don't know if Harbaugh's right or not, but that, that was an interesting thing uh, an interesting way to sort of prism through which to look at all this stuff. Which then, uh, of course, then brings me to opt-ins, opt-outs. Um, it's obviously interesting. Several players have decided they want to opt-in. Several players are still opted out at this point, it's going to have an impact on whatever. Let me ask you about the impact. This is going to be a guess question, a total guess question. <laughs> anybody, anybody that's opted out. Okay, let's. I'll give you an example. Nick Bosa got hurt third game of the season TCU. Then at the end of yep. October, wasn't quite fully healed, whatever. And he said, "Look, I'm done. I'm going to get ready." Yeah. But Nick Bosa ended up getting what between. 10 months between games, 10 and a half months. Anybody who opts out in this group, and that includes at the moment Micah Parsons, it's going to yep. be 19 months between games. And I'm talking about the first preseason game. That's a really good point. Uh, yeah. How interesting is it going to be? Because it won't affect anybody who gets drafted here, Mike. It won't. No. All right? No, because, it, no right? it won't. That's but, right. But, but the performance of the opt-outs could affect how somebody thinks about opting out the next time through. As to whether yeah, they get picked. Yeah, yeah. You mean in terms of their draft status? In terms of their draft status, and in yeah. terms of what uh, what the NFL thinks t- think about you opting out. Yeah, that might become a factor in their thinking. Is what you're was what you're saying, yeah. right? Yeah, I think that right. I think that's probably true. And 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 uh, but I mean, I think you have to you have to accept that this year is. Let, let's hope that 2020 is just a complete aberration in, <laughs> yeah. in every area of human life. In life, Mike, let's hope it's the operation. <laughs> yes, and, and uh, you know, it's interesting. I, I, I tried to go on the NCAA's website today and look around and see if there's any any sort of inkling of what, how they will consider Micah Parsons' situation. And then I, I, I emailed them to try to get somebody to, to, to um, you know, to ask about it, and, and they didn't get back to me yet. But, but uh, I, 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 don't, I don't have a, I don't have a sense of. This kid, this wide receiver from Minnesota, for example, who yep. opted out and now he's back in. I believe that he declared he was opting out before Micah did, but he did. it becomes an issue of uh, of signing with the agent and I mean I, how far down that road you go. But I don't know what the details of that are, so uh, I'm curious about that. Uh, I I don't know. Um, I don't know. Well, this, I, this is this is the way. This is the uh, my, let me. This is the way I understand it. Instead of issuing a blank statement on it, my understanding is the NCAA is doing the would do these if you petition. You have to petition on a yeah. case by case basis. Yeah, that's the, the little bit so. that I got out of what I was messing around on the website today was that was what I got. Uh, that that it, it is a case by case deal. Um, but why would it, would Mike's case be different than the kid from Minnesota? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either because I don't know yeah. what everybody received or didn't receive. Yeah, right, yeah. right, right. 
Interesting. The one thing I do know is that you re- you received your usual appearance fee. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm rolling in it. It's a good feeling. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, always a pleasure. It's great to have you back on the show. Appreciate you very much. Well, I'm glad to be on. Anytime, Steve. Thanks a lot, man. Mike Gross does a great job. Does a great job. All right. Matt, are you still angry about the Eagles, by the way? Uh, I'm, I'm a, one day better and ready to move on to Cincinnati. What, what, usually when Wednesdays hit, I move on to the next opponent. I work like the team. Wednesdays is usually the first day to start on your new opponent. Wednesday, I move on. So are you saying it's on to Cincinnati? Uh, I'll be officially saying that tomorrow. Yes, exactly. (laughs) On to Cincinnati. We're on to Cincinnati. (laughs) So great to be working with Bill Belichick. Back with more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applications factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. You're wondering, like, sometimes what do I do during the commercial break? I was doing a birthday wish for somebody, <laughs> taping a birthday wish for somebody between it during the commercial break. So, <laughs> aren't you a nice fella? Hey, you know what? It's important. Somebody asked. They ask. That's that's important to me. So. You got to be there for the people. No, but hey, it's more than happy to do it. More than happy to do it. Oh, I've done a bunch of stuff like that. Yeah. So, wedding announcements and things like that. It's you know, it's nice. It's nice that they ask, and you know they always seem to appreciate when you do it. So, what the heck? Yeah. Penn State fans and whatever. You know, what's the last thing you want? You want? You, I mean, to me, the one of the last things that anybody ever wants to make a request like that and they get blown off <laughs> well that's not good it's, you know, the, it's, you know it's, I've tried to tell the suit he's got to change that stuff but I mean just you know <laughs> I can't be bothered <laughs> I'm really busy <laughs> but it's your son I don't care <laughs> yeah all right. Uh, Notre Dame's game with Wake Forest is going to be postponed. Notre Dame has a not a big problem, but it has a small problem with uh, 
positive tests. They, uh, it's not the positive tests. I think it's something like five are positive, but they had to put 13 players into isolation because of the five positive tests. So that's what you run into. Turns out Notre Dame and Wake Forest, by the way, both have a bye week October 3rd, and in all likelihood that is being targeted as when they will play that game. Hey, it's a year where you got to make adjustments. So you make adjustments. Yeah. That's uh, simple as that. Uh, Adam Silver said today that his best guess is that the NBA season for 2021 probably will not start until maybe sometime in January 21. Uh, he had hoped as as recently as a week ago that they could maybe start Christmas. But as more information has come in, he believes the league will be better off uh, starting the season by getting into January. And as for playing 82 games, they still want to do it. Uh, and to be honest with you, he says, you know, they talked about the bubble, and everybody says, the bubble, the bubble. The bubbles worked great for them. It has. But Silver said today that actually, he says, they've learned a lot from other sports. They've learned a lot from Major League Baseball, the NFL, and major college programs on their COVID-19 protocols that he now feels gives them the best chance of playing home games. The question is, can they get fans in? We talked about Major League Baseball getting roughly 30 to 40% of its revenue from the gate. Adam Silver says that roughly 40% of his league's revenue is from the gate. 40%. The other 60% comes from, you know, and that includes luxury suites and so forth, you know, PSLs that they have. Um, the NBA draft probably is going to be November 18th. I, I feel so much for Lamar Stevens. Lamar Stevens, if you were to say to Lamar Stevens on September 22nd, 2019, where do you think he'll be on September 20th, 2020? He probably would have told you, I'll, I'll be in some NBA camp or getting ready to go to NBA camp, either as a draft choice or a free agent. Instead, he's still in a holding pattern, even for the NBA Combine. And the draft probably is not until November 18th before the college basketball season begins. Wow. 2020, all different. And this will open up windows because ESPN is going to need programming windows in November, December, and early January. I think this opens up more windows for ESPN for men's and women's basketball. And maybe even college wrestling if it's allowed to proceed.